3: chicken says (laughs) oh the secret service got rid of all the texts on january 5th and 6th wow i guess that's why they call it the secret service but what would i know i'm just a rubber chicken well yes i understand were you trying to tell a joke or something i know it is serious i get that it's serious but we do not have time for this today all right They'll be working on it, but we've got to work on Louis Black's Rancast, number 90. That's right. We've hit the 9-0. We entitle it, We'll Have Fun, Fun, Fun Till Daddy Takes the T-Bird Away. Yes, sir, Bob. A throwback. A throwback title to a throwback time of, of my youth when summers were fun. Well, it wasn't that long ago, really, that summers were fun. Yes, siree, but not anymore. We have managed to take a hammer to this summer, haven't we? Any you kind of want to go, can I? Uh, no! No, you can't. All right? And whatever it is you're eating is probably fucked, too. Take that shit off the grill. Boy, oh, boy, God knows what they'll find out about charcoal. Son of a bitch. And so um, today we are just going to have fun, sort of fun. First, I got uh, to, to to say that uh, it is true uh, that the uh, the ten year old girl uh, from Ohio had to be taken to Indiana to uh, to, be- to have an abortion because she was raped, and then the Indiana Attorney General is going after the uh, the the doctor who performed the uh, the abortion. Bo- the, the abortion, I find it troublesome to even say the word because I can s- people start to flare up. Um, but the fact is, is uh, I can't. I, I, so I, it, there had been uh, I I'd said I wasn't sure. And it wasn't because of what it turns out the Republicans were were, were ranting about it, trying to keep it out of the, the news. It was because uh, I wasn't sure because it was only one source. And I don't know if I made that clear. And so I will clear that up right now. We'll move on to having fun, 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 because God. Damn it! It's about time we had a little fun, isn't it? This is all happening in real time again because that's the way I want to do this. Whatever interruptions happen, happen, and that's the way it's going to be. Because when you're down here in a uh, well, up here or wherever I am in my uh, in my cable access studio, <laughs> it's this is uh, you know you just got to be prepared for anything, anything that might might come the come uh, come our way. And I'm having a little trouble with words today, and I don't know why. Because uh, the weekend is here. I'm doing this on a Friday. I'm not even going to deal with what's coming up uh, uh, on Monday and Tuesday. No, because we're going to have fun. Lord knows we'll get more bullshit, uh, and uh, it, it, we'll we'll, t- we'll talk about it uh, the week after if I'm if I'm feeling up to it. If I haven't had too much fun, um, I did have a good time this. Uh, this past weekend, uh, the weekend uh, that preceded the one coming up. <laughs> That'd be the past weekend, Lewis. And that was I got to see my uh, mom twice, which was very, very nice. Uh, it's a little tough at times because uh, it's its great. I mean, she remembers me. Uh, she certainly has got a solid look at the uh, at, uh, the way things are uh, it, that I can gather from the the caregivers who she, she tends to share more with, with me, she kind of wants to know what I'm up to and where I'm living. And, and we essentially, because of her age, 103, we kind of go around that same track. I went with my friend, uh, Jeff Davis, who, uh, my mother was, uh, kind of really, uh, helped him get through a rough patch, uh, when we were in school and, or just afterwards. And, uh, um, so he's very close to her and we had a, a it was a, it was a long, we've spent a, quite a while with her. It's two and a half hours. And that's, that's kind of a haul for her having to, but she likes an audience. That's for sure. You she can still see that glint in her eye when, uh, even, even the two of us, she, she sees 2000. And, uh, but we go around the same track where, you know, where you live in, I'm living in New York in that apartment. Yes. In the apartment, uh, where is that apartment? It's on, uh, it's in, it's in Hell's Kitchen. You know, the, you remember the one with the terrace? Oh yes. I remember. And then where are you living? And we, we go back through it again. And um, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? No, I don't want to retire. You should retire. What would I do? You stay at home. You know, you should retire, which <laughs> retire. It, it goes like that. Um, but it turns out she, uh, actually asked, uh, Uh, One of the caregivers, she she reads the newspapers. Uh, She gets the Baltimore Sun, which is uh, and um, the uh, Washington Post and the New York Times. I have those sent to her. The Sunday Times, and uh, she was saying there's been so many uh, so many um, gun uh, you know so so much gun violence that she was uh, she wondered if that was real or if she was suffering from dementia. So she's certainly on the game. She's certainly still alert and certainly uh, uh, still has a grasp of what's going on out there, even though people half her age are clueless, and uh, and she certainly knows what reality is. is as tough as it is for her to remember things at times. Um, so it was great, and uh, it was nice to see her and. Uh, uh, and, and to see that she's comfortable, uh, which is really, um, uh, I've been lucky in terms of that group of caregivers, uh, and the folks who watch over the caregivers, uh, they've done a tremendous job. And I'm, I'm, I'm deeply grateful and thankful for that. Now, at least she can get on out and, and uh, and uh, which is which is nice because uh, it's it's important. It's it's been tough. She's been kind of in a lockdown situation there because they don't handle the COVID situation really well there. Uh, they used to. But uh, they, actually, they never handled it truly well. But this group has even this group that has bought the places even doing a shot of your job. But, hey, you know, each of us have a cross to bear. Uh, don't we because it's that's the way this summer has gone, but we're not going to dwell on that not today uh, because I went from there then on that Sunday I went with my friend Jeff again uh, he and I had worked together in a theater and uh, that we uh, we had done when we we did a play when uh, I was in school with a whole group a group of students there there was a whole bunch of us and it was called feast and then we went on to uh, uh, buy a theater yes we did we bought a theater it wasn't pricey so uh, everybody kind of could chip in a bit and it was a wooden theater on the uh on Cheyenne Mountain also the home of Norad uh yes sir Eve, what's wrong with this picture and uh so we were out there uh for a year and uh never got a chance to do the show there at the the theater but uh um but um, we, uh, he was there, and my friend Lenny Hughes, as many of you may know, is the uh, the merch doctor, Dr. Leonard Hughes, uh, who I've known for since high school and was a writer for the Washington Post and, uh and did a lot of um, it, it, it was drama criticism, criticism for them of local theaters, and so we went to a local theater together to watch. Um, my, my play, One Slight Hitch. And that was quite exciting. Uh, because I had not been, it was at the the Bowie community theater. I, first off, I'd hardly ever been in Bowie, Maryland. Uh, there had been a Bowie racetrack when I was a kid. I knew of it. I probably passed through it with my folks and, and, uh, from time to time, but really had never been there. Uh, and, um, so, uh, they have a, a a theater that Len says is is has quite a nice little track record. Uh and it's a beautiful little it is a beautiful theater. 120, 150 seats, maybe I don't know, maybe two hundred, I'm not sure. I didn't sit there and count 'em. But uh the most mostly filled on a Sunday matinee. And uh and, and and a tough time to go to the theater because the audience can be a little whoop, they're not it's a, usually an older audience. Uh, and uh, so sometimes the energy level of the audience is not quite up to snuff, but it was a good audience and, um, and, and more than I had expected really. Uh, and, um, they did, uh, they, they were, this theater is, is actually in the, in a park there. And, uh, so it's, it's quite a, a, a sylvan, if you will, setting. And, uh, I was glad to be able to get this opportunity I, to see a community theater production because those are the ones that are being done uh, before the the shit hit the fan. Uh, they were being done in all over the country. Uh, there was a, and all over the world, I might add. Um, I, one was done in India. This produ- a production of this play was done in India, and it is a play that at this time I, I think uh, it should be noted could be done with multiracial casting. Just throwing that out for the those of the audience who may run <laughs> a the community theater may be wondering, how can we do this? Well, It'd be easy. And uh, it's really, a, it's a play, really. A, it's a woman's play, really, and a farce. Not that the two were, uh, because it's a woman's play, it is a farce, but it really is uh, about, um, I think, the moment in time, I think, when women had to deal with the idea of having having a family or having a career. And that's what I tried to, to focus on. And uh, in, a, in my whimsical, funny fashion, it's a, it's a play that I have said time and again. Uh, if my name were not on it, no one <laughs> would believe that I had written it. Uh, it was the play that I thought would launch me into the pantheon of playwrights who were produced uh, over and over and over again and could make a living doing... Uh, playwriting which was insane on my part and i know i can hear many of you drifting into sleep now but this is about fun that's what this is about today and it was fun for me to to really uh to watch this uh community theater group uh, really give it a shot and they did it's not an easy play they were only in their third performance tough it's tough this play that's why that's why uh Professional theaters have previews. It's to, it's to get the rhythm and the timing and the, and uh, to really tighten up the uh, performance. So I'm sure as, as uh, time passes by, they're going to run it through July 30th. I think um, through the end of the month uh, that they'll get better and better. And uh, I was really, uh, you know, I'm, I was touched and, um, and I, that they, that they chose to do my play. And, uh, it was really, uh, made for quite an afternoon. And, um, and it was special and especially to do it in my, uh, near my hometown, in my home state, just down the, uh, just a half hour from my mom's place. She couldn't go, uh, years ago, she would have been able to it's tougher for her to travel now at her age. And, uh, it made for uh, quite a wonderful afternoon. I got to meet the cast, uh, they seemed to be thrilled that I was there. <laughs> I don't know why. And uh, it was my pleasure to meet them. And, uh, and, and it's, it, it's amazing. To, to, that uh, it's the, It reminded me of the importance of a theater um, and how important it is to a community, and especially a, a, a theater that is a community-based, a local theater company, uh, non-professionals who get together out of the love of the craft and uh, do it for their community. And so the, the folks in that community can watch uh, together, um, you know, uh, performances done by their neighbors. That, it, it's there's something very old fashioned and homespun. And it's what makes summers fun. Or moments like that the community and hopefully it made it it was fun for them uh the folks who came out it, it was for jeff lenny and i and uh for those of you who, it's a who are in that area it's the Bowie community theater and uh get out there and see what your neighbors are doing and uh and it will give you an idea of what i was like when uh or what what my plays are like that was certainly the play that I thought would be the breakthrough. Oh, well, here I am with you today having fun, fun, fun. <laughs> it's also, uh, before I get off the topic of my, of my own, uh, my own play, uh, but before I get off that topic, it's, uh, it's interesting to note that is a, it's a playwright. You, you have a history with this play. Mine goes back to 19, the early eighties. And, um, the uh, production I had back then and the, the workshops I did to get it to where it is now. And then the, the variety of professional productions that I've seen since then. And, uh, and you sit there and you watch it and you go through your own life again. Uh, and you go through, uh, the work that you did, and the choices you made, and the fact that no, this, realizing, gotta get in your mind, this is the, I need to rewrite this line and this line and this line. It could be funnier. God damn it, Lewis. Why don't you sit down and really get this play done the way it should be? Um, but that's the thing about the, about writing. I think plays, at least for myself, I mean, you can you can get lucky you put together the right cast and the right words and you can, you can roll it, but sometimes it just, it may not work. And and sometimes uh, you, you, you aren't able to find all the words that you need to do to, so that it's, it's a bulletproof, so to speak, that uh, no matter who the actor is, just as long as they say the words, it will work. Um, and, um, and you, you kind of go through, through that with each production, no matter what it is, and and uh, and it, I'm I'm only a, a little saddened by the fact that uh, I'm I'm thrilled by the fact. Let me first say that um, there are community theaters throughout that have, that have decided to to do this play, and it makes me happy to know that on that level they get it. Uh, what depresses me in a way is is that. Um, uh, that the the professional theaters haven't grabbed onto it, which I thought they would, but we never had a Broadway production, even though we were forty minutes away, and they wouldn't come out. We couldn't get the people to come out to watch it. And and, and Marklin Baker had, who was played the father, had an unbelievable review, and I thought that alone should bring them out. But no, no such as theater, which is why I'm glad that uh, I'm, I'm I'm be up in. Uh, uh, Niagara Falls, Canada next week on uh, July 22nd and uh, performing. And that's back to fun. Yes, sir. <laughs> the fun of performing uh, and not that uh, it, it's uh, at a great casino up there, a, a great room and uh, always good to perform in Canada. And, the, and that takes us really to the, uh, the, which is right near the national comedy center. And I am going to say, Hey, as opposed to going through these, the, what went through, what happened, what has transpired this week, yet another week of nonsense and hoo-ha and bullshit. And, uh, no, if you are looking and wondering what the fuck kind of vacation can I take at this point? If you're living in the, the northeast of the country, let's say New York, Pennsylvania, or you're around Erie or you're in Ohio, um, look at the map. Folks, look at the map and you can get up to the National Comedy Center by car. Okay, I know. I know. But the price of gas is coming down. So there's a window right now and uh, get up there. And it's a it's a great vacation and economical. And I mean that Um, it probably certainly more than it would have been. uh, uh, But, uh, you know, before the pandemic, but not. Not something that is—it's affordable for. It's a great family vacation, with a lot of stuff for everybody to, to, to be able to do. You can spend two to three days there, okay? Uh, and that includes the comedy center itself. And then, if you wander just a block or two away, there's the uh, the Lucy uh museums uh and there i, I guess there's a, there's a couple of them i mean there's you only pay for going to the museum but there's a number of places where they pre- really have uh give you a history of her uh the work that she did and uh and the influence she had in the world of television not just as an actress but as uh, a as someone who was uh, her her business sense and what she and Desi did with Desilu Studios and the, uh, the, uh, the genius they brought to uh, that early medium and how they shaped it in many ways. And, uh, if you've got a kid who loves comedy, it, no better way to spend time And if you've got a kid who's, who's been, you know, glum and no better way to spend time to help snap him out of it, because it is really quite exceptional. Uh, These museums and the National Comedy Center is something that I have devoted my time and energy and effort to. And it's, I believe it's paid off and uh, I'll be stunned if you don't find it uh, an extraordinary place to spend your time and that you won't leave. uh, You won't leave unhappy. I guarantee you'll be having fun, fun, fun. Okay. I, I mean it. Everyone that I've sent there, including my friends who can be pricks about this stuff have been kind of overwhelmed. It's, it's, you know, by the, uh, by, by what is, is in that museum and the way in which they have put it together and they continue to evolve it. And, uh, and if, if, if it hadn't been for this, uh, this pandemic, I think it would be much better known than it is now. And hopefully whatever, a little bit pass the news on folks, because you can go there, and then like an hour and a half away, no more, is Niagara Falls. And that'll blow the kids' minds, and yours if you've not been there. And uh, and there's a casino up there for your gambling, or you can take a sneak across the border into Canada and smell that, smell that free air, <laughs> which I guess we'll be charging for down here soon if we can find a way to do it. Once we elect a new Congress, they'll go, God damn it, we should be making a profit off of oxygen. So, uh, you want to, that's there. There's also, uh, l- literally uh, Chautauqua down the road from Jamestown, New York, a, uh, an extraordinary, uh, really, um, bucolic setting, um, where if you're wondering, gee, where are intelligent conversations taking place there? Uh, where they, for years and years and years, have um, been kind of an adult uh, educational uh, center. Uh, Massive, and they've got, uh, they have performances there, performances by professionals come in, I've performed there. Uh, Brian Regan, um, Bill Engvold performed on the stage there, a really beautiful outdoor setting, that stage, a great, great outdoor performance space and i mean it uh and uh, they have their own orchestra they have a ballet i not a well an, an opera uh and a theater no less um and um and a variety of uh discussion groups that you might want to you know just wander into you can go there for the day or maybe a couple of days if you wish uh to get on site and wander around. And, and it's, it's, its setting is right on this magnificent uh, Lake Chautauqua. Uh, and uh, might be, and, and so you have, uh, wow, a lake to, to frolic in. And, and then head back to Cleveland, if you wish, which is not that far away, uh, if you want, to, uh, to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, just to keep things like, you know, where you can have fun, fun, fun. Find out about the Beach Boys, who sang that song, and uh, and see if Daddy takes the T-bird away, and then go or go to Buffalo and have some of those famous, world famous wings. But uh, take a look at that area, and also Lilydale. Oh, how could I forget uh, for, for the the psychic end of your family? For those of you who go, boy, oh boy, that would be something to do. You want, want to go down, down there. It's a community of psychics that have been living there for, I, I think a hundred years at least. Um, and they've gathered there and many of my friends have gone there. I have not. I have a friend of mine who uh, is the, the psychic that I know is truly a psychic. And I wrote the, uh, intro to his book and, um, it, it, Michael Bodine. And, uh, uh but uh it's it's certainly uh, uh from from my friends who've been there they think it's a, it's a delightful place to spend a little time and certainly gets you out of this bullshit and so i hope uh you've enjoyed this this bit of uh a bit of uh kind of fun <laughs> without really dwelling too much on the uh the, the shitstorm that we hear outside our doors, get away from it. Take some time for yourself. Give yourselves and your family a break. Okay? It's tough. Uh, boy, fuck do I know. Uh, and uh, hopefully I'll get a little bit of time when I'm up there. I'm, uh, I head up to do the gig, and then I'm going to be at the – I'll be down in Chautauqua, actually, uh, afterwards. And I'll be there and – uh spending a little time at the national comedy center i'll be uh lucky enough to hang out with some great friends and uh Ch- at Chautauqua, they'll be um doing an evening that is honoring uh the the great carl reiner and uh they'll be having an event there look up uh look up dot Ch- 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 org i think and uh and see what if uh If that's if you're around, if that's something you might want to do, uh, it'll be a great evening of going really uh, uh, looking back at his work. Uh, They are building an exhibit for him in his honor and uh, to display that extraordinary uh, uh, amount of work that he did and the the comic genius that he was at the National Comedy Center. He was a co-chairman of the uh, C- Comedy Center uh, board, the honorary board. and uh, So take a look at that. If you've not gone to the National Comedy Center website, do that. Just go to National Comedy Center on Google, and they'll get you to them. And it's, it's something to think about. And um, thank you again for spending time with me, and I hope that uh, the, you... Uh, take me up on this idea of uh, a trip there because I'm telling you you'll have fun, fun, fun till daddy takes the T bird away. I'm sure of that. And you will have a lot of fun today with the, uh, uh, the, um, the rants that I read. I believe that these are coming from the tro- the, the treasure trove that I've been sent, continue to send them. Uh, if you're up in Canada, get yours in, and I will do my best to read the, as many as I can the night of my performance. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you. I can't tell you. It's, it's fun. And I don't use that word loosely. Take care of each other because that's really what's important. Oh, yeah. Here's a little bonus for you. Uh, where are you going to eat? Well, there's some great places in that town. And I mean it. And uh, just wander around, uh, for starters, and, and take a look at uh, the little uh, shops that are opening up. And there probably more now. I haven't been back in a bit. Um, I look forward to it. I'll be eating at Lashandro's when I get there. Breakfast. One of the great breakfasts. I'm serious. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Price is definitely right. Company's good. Uh, folks have been coming there forever. And they have... Uh, an incredible spicy Italian breakfast sausage. Or you can have it any time of the day. Uh, but it is uh, it is really spot on. And uh, I've talked about them before. I took some pictures there. And I've always enjoyed going there from the time that I first was there, 40 years ago, until now. Uh, and the, the only thing that's changed is they reupholstered the chairs finally, which is really nice. Spip the place up a little and uh, they get some nice uh, and they have a, a nice little sauce that you can take with you. If you, you want to you know, do a little cooking in your room or your Airbnb, uh, then we go on to the pub, which is right next door. You can finish breakfast there and have lunch at the pub. Beef on whack, uh, a buffalo favorite and one in that area and uh, great pub food at the pub. That's all I can tell you. I mean, seriously good food. Uh, and, um, some great brews that, uh, from the, the, uh, upstate brew makers. And I think, they, and there's, a one right there in the town. Well, there actually isn't a brewery in Jamestown. It was a, a brew pub and it's closed. Well, what can I tell you? Sorry about that. Um, but Southern Tier Brewery is just down the road. Uh, and they serve, uh, those brews and others locally done at the pub, um, there's Forte, a restaurant that I think used to be called Curtain Up. I'm not Curtain Up. Um, God, uh, Stage Left. And uh, I used to go there early on, and uh, it's now Forte, and a very good restaurant. Uh, quite nice. And, uh, you know, gives. Uh, and, and then there's um, so for a little later dining. So you could literally just spend a day, just go. Breakfast, lunch, dinner—pump, pump—you're done. There's uh, uh, the chop house on Main, and uh, um, uh, uh, some very good Mexican restaurants. I could go on. <laughs> Fatty could go on talking about all the places to eat there. They're quite nice. Uh, see what else is happening there, and uh, and enjoy yourself. That's the most important thing. But uh, really, find some some fine places to s- sit down and uh, have a meal with the family. Always a good thing to do. It's where I discovered cooking. My parents hadn't taken me to restaurants. I wouldn't know what food is. We'll save that for another day.
1: in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: Here comes a rant from uh, our friend Chuck Novak. A few days ago, I turned 32. It was an average celebration. We went to the Indiana Dunes and enjoyed ourselves. While laying on that beach, one Thought wouldn't stop looping in my brain. I feel trapped by life. Earlier this year, my wife and I went through the agonizing process of trying to buy a single-family home. Both of us work regular full-time jobs, but those motherfuckers rigged the system. The only houses we can afford have been reduced to crumbling crap shacks, and even those are being outbidded by about $50,000 over the asking price. Son of a fucking bitch, that is so frustrating. We're being gatekeepered. I got my degree in fine art. I've changed career, and even though I make more money per hour than I've ever made in my life, I feel unbelievably stuck. We are landlocked, and it doesn't seem like there's any way to change that right now. So that day on the beach, I came up with a plan. I need to be in control of my own project. Earlier last month, my best friend called. He's a high school foods teacher. And he called to say, we've got an extra five-gallon bucket of frosting here, and I know you could come up with something creative to do with that. So I did. The last month, I've been in the process of developing my own sports energy drink, Nectar. Energy drinks and sodas have gone completely off the rails. Those drinks are so fucking unhealthy for you. They are full of crazy chemicals that no sane person would ever put in their body outside of a drink, and let alone, they have way too much sugar in them. I wanted to make fun of that whole industry, to make a drink that was subtly proud of how unhealthy it was. Louis, my drink nectar is literally just watered-down frosting with red food dye. I want to imply that the more you drink nectar— the fatter you get. My goal is to make nectar look as real as possible. Pitch it to my other friend who is the kind of guy that thinks the answer to all life's problems can be solved by starting a business and get him to drink a bottle of pure frosting as a prank. So far, I have created a completely batshit, nonsensical backstory about my great aunt Mima. <laughs> I began to work with people on the internet to make a label, and today we're gonna start bottling it. Update, ba 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 bop, bop, bop. I made those noises. Oh my God, Lewis, my plan has gone so fucking good. It is spewed out of my soul like avant-garde art poetry. I felt so screwed over recently and being the producer of my own project like this has made me feel amazing. One thing keeps me going with this obsession, the idea that someone could stumble on my project out of ignorance and actually enjoy this drink. That's why I'm creating a GoFundMe page, and I'm going to apply to Shark Tank. Not because I love that show, but to go on national television with my bullshit product and turn down Mark Cuban. I love listening to the rant cast while working at construction sites. Listening to everyone's hilarious rants makes me smile. Thank you, Chuck Novak. Thank you, actually, Chuck. Thank you for that. That was... That's terrific. And I best—I I, I wish you nothing but the best on this project. Seriously, I hope it works out. I hope you're able to retire. And I hope your friend isn't up frosting and bread food dye to keep you going. <laughs> Go fund him. Michael McCarthy has sent this in for, for our edification. And so he could get it off his chest. Hi, Lewis. I'm a retired Army sergeant. I now drive Uber and Lyft in Greenville, South Carolina. Beautiful town, by the way. Beautiful. I mostly love my part-time job, setting my own hours and such. I've met and driven 11,000 passengers, including Pete Buttigieg. I mostly like driving people from point A to point B. I take them to or from work, to party or home, and to or from booty calls. I'm sure some of your audience took an Uber or Lyft at tonight's show, and we all appreciate them for being responsible patrons slash customers. However, some people have learned that Uber is available. Making an 1130 beer run and back, well, I've done that a thousand times. It's nice when they tip on a two-mile trip. But some customers, some of them, view Uber or Lyft as a utility. Not as a service. I'm not a fucking bus. Okay? If you show up late, I'm going to cancel your ride and charge you. You wasted my time and my gas. I'm not a fucking utility. I'm a service. You order a ride, I show up on time with a clean, safe car. We may or may not have a friendly conversation. I was in the U.S. Army for 20 years and in showbiz for 25. I've got stories. Point would be Uber, Lyft, if you are a passenger and you do not see a dash camera, decline the ride. Most dash cams have two views, front and cabin. Second point, we drive you from point A to point B. We're not your fucking anything else. We don't appreciate your fucking jokes. We're not going to play your favorite drunk ass songs. You're paying us to take your fucking drunk ass home. Shut the fuck up. I'll wake you when you get there. Not your public utility, Michael says. And P.S., why I have a two-camera dash cam. A woman passed out in my back seat, drunk out of her mind. I wouldn't touch her. Her husband came out of the house to get her out of my car. Not your public utility. Well, thank you for that, Michael. I, I believe you're the first Uber driver who's written in. <laughs> And I think all things considered, you were nice, considering you've done 11,000 rides, I guess, drives, 11,000 passengers. That's a lot of, wow, that's tough. That can be really eleven wow. I doubt if this is her real name, Gertie Gertgert, but uh, she's a teacher, so I don't think she wants people to hear this one. I can't take it anymore. I'm a teacher in an overcrowded school. Like many teachers, I'm so fed up with the way we are treated by just about everyone that I think about quitting every single day. In fact, I'm retiring 11 fucking years early because of all that nonsense. Today, we had an active shooter drill, but I'm not writing about how fucking awful it is to prepare kids for the possibility that someone might come into our classroom with a weapon because they want to kill us. Nope. I'm writing about shrimp. A shitty little colleague brings shrimp for lunch at least three times a week. The spices and sauces change frequently, but those smelly buggers never do. She eats them up in the microwave in our office at least three times a week. Did I mention that fucking three fucking times every fucking goddamn week of this shitty fucking school year, this selfish dipshit of a colleague fouls up our only workspace for most of the fucking day? What the ever-living crap is wrong with people? Can't I have one moment of peace in this chaos? Fuck! We don't even have a grown-up bathroom. We have to share it with the kids. Can't even pee without being surrounded by the shrieks of adolescents over some fucking online drama. Fuck! The bathroom smells better than the office. Fuck! Can't even pee without being surrounded by the shrieks of adolescents. Screaming, I would say, over some <laughs> fucking online drama. Wow. Thank you, Gertie Gert, Gert. I would like uh, to say, though, I would, I'd love to hear what you have to say or, or some of the other teachers about doing these active shooting shooter drills. I can't imagine what that's like. You kind of nailed it with that one sentence. But if if someone has some stories or some bitches or some complaints or some rants, uh, scream it out to me. Thanks. A rant from Alex Mendoza. So much has happened that has broken my brain with stupidity and has done nothing but reaffirm my belief that America really is the factory of sadness or the United States of amnesia, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. I don't know who to yell at. Republicans, hmm? you know Republicans are stupid. I know Republicans are stupid. Everyone knows Republicans are stupid. But, I mean, Democrats might even be dumber in a lot of ways because they always end up finding new and mind-bending ways to end up losing to these mental patients. I can't really play favorites here. There's just so much stupidity going around, and everybody's got to kiss up to that stupidity because the stupid is the status quo, and the stupid is spreading. The country is wasting its time fighting over meaningless nonsense, drowning in our infighting, which is only uh, insecurities over our true lack of power. And it's just so depressing. I'll never get over how the entire system makes you feel like you're a lunatic if you advocate for basic social democracy or basic human rights or basic common sense policies that would help people. You sound like a moron if you're a good person in politics. Millions of people's votes are worth one billionaire's check in the eyes of a politician. And we're just totally okay with that because we are the factory of sadness. The alienated nation where everything isn't meant to be okay. To quote that prophetic song, American Idiot, I have very little hope for the future. Instead of Star Trek, the future looks like Demolition Man. Ooh, that's a little upbeat. <laughs> Man, well, it don't look good. Not this week, not the past fucking cup, not the way we've dealt with a lot of the stuff that's been rolling right at us. It's, you know, it's like it's, we're in a river of shit and we can't afford lifeguards. who are supposed to be the politicians. Well said there. Thank you, Alex. This is from Kay Black, no relation that I know of. Um, very few, I've run into very few folks with the last name Black, which was actually Black for me. A little thing that I picked up along the way when I was on that, uh, Finding Your Roots. What a horrible name that would be, Black. So this is from Kay Black. I, I went down a little rabbit hole there. Uh, here you go, Kay, and it's my pleasure to read it. Ever get up to the cash register with about nine items of various sizes and weights and have the clerk ask you, would you like to have a bag with that? My stock answer is no. I I would like to see if I can juggle all of this shit uh, on my head all the way to the car and see how many things I can break on the way. Or no, I'm desirous of saving your fucking manager one tenth of a penny on the price of a lousy bag. Or... What do you mean, with? I thought the standard operating procedure was for you, as the fucking clerk, to put the shit into the fucking bag. I got this again yesterday, but I was feeling too sapped by current events and high prices to give any of my standard answers. I just said, yes, please give me a goddamn bag and I will stand here and fill it for you since you are too sorry to do it and your little arms are too fucking spindly to do it for me. What the fuck? You know that a bunch of arse hats and suits got together and decided that it would be policy to ask each customer if they want a bag. It would get people asking themselves, do I really want or need a bag? If I take a bag, should I feel guilty for causing extra trouble? It is little shit like this that just fucking breaks a person's spirit. Yep, it all adds up. Okay, Black, it all adds up. Thank you. Here comes a a very interesting tale from David Richardson. I am from Texas. I used to be a conservative, and two years ago I made the biggest decision in my life, which was to get the fuck out of Texas after living there for over 30 years since I was born. And I did not just leave Texas, but I left the United States back in February 2020. And then insert stereotypical dumb hindsight joke here. So where did I go, Lewis? Well, I went about as far as I physically could go without needing to learn another language Mm -hmm. or just to another climate, and that would be New Zealand. After somehow surviving the 16-hour flight, I think not making any stops or flight changes saved eight hours of the trip. I landed in Auckland, New Zealand, and after going through a much simpler airport security check, which was also much better than any in the U.S., Now, there's another random story I could share. Please do it sometime. I managed to catch the little commuter flight to the town in New Zealand I had made arrangements in. And for the cherry on top, um, I had landed in New Zealand mere days before they first closed their borders due to COVID. Then came late March 2020, and I went through the first lockdown. Frankly, I was actually quite comfortable for most of those three weeks, though it started getting tough near the end when... Frozen pizzas stop satisfying me. As a quick aside, if you ever come to New Zealand again, I remember your Black on Broadway special, check out their pizzerias, especially the chain that is, and this is really their name, Hell's Pizza. And yes, they go all in on the name and theme, even naming their most specialty pizzas after the seven deadly sins. So please check this one out. For if nothing else, it would really piss off Christian fundamentalists. And you can never go wrong with that. It has now been over two years since I moved to New Zealand. I've not been able to do much traveling here, at least not beyond the North Island, but everything I have experienced here blows everything I have experienced in the United States out of the water. Are my taxes here higher? Sure. But what am I getting for it? Well, properly paved roads, Subsidized health care, a thorough, robust, and affordable public transit network, actual government-backed job security, much higher wages so I can actually build a nest egg, a police force I can actually trust and not have to possibly worry about them shooting some harmless bum in the back or letting a bunch of kids die to one gunman who served as the NRA's marketing department, and more benefits that are not coming to mind for this excessively long rant. All of this has resulted in something I never truly experienced back in the United States, and even after two years, I still do not know how to properly handle it. That something is happiness. Sure, I will probably never live down how I nearly fell to my knees to renounce my atheism when I saw my medical bill for the most I had done to me yet, an MRI scan, and how it was a hair under $1,000, and how I got more than half back through my traveler's insurance. But you know what? All of that pain from the 16-hour flight was expunged from my memory after that. It also helps that I was able to use this as more fuel for my argument against the American healthcare system, especially the part where my payment for a year of coverage is still less than what my parents pay for one month of their coverage. All of this reminded me of that black on Broadway bit, and I was while I was ready to make that same closing joke about pushing the islands closer to the rest of the world after watching what had been going on in the world, especially the United States. I thought maybe. We should push the islands only further away so we can keep this fucking American stupidity out of New Zealand. Oh, and as for the higher taxes, not only are they entirely automated by the government, so I do not have to go through the bullshit like it is done in the U.S., but I still get a tax refund. So fuck you, Republicans, and fuck you, billionaires. This Texan has been turning kiwi for the past two years, although the only obvious sign of it is that I have been saying wanker a whole lot more, which, according to one old man I sat next to in a movie theater here, is a giveaway of an American in New Zealand. I hope what I have experienced here can be brought back to the United States, but given what the country is now doing, it is probably best to just stay out, put on sunglasses, and wait for the mushroom clouds. Hopefully, whatever happens, I will get to go to a live performance of yours once more. I went to your San Antonio performance during your Let Them Eat Cake tour. Until then, e no ra, and if you do come to New Zealand again, then kia ora. Keep on ranting for us, Lou, and you keep on enjoying yourself, David, and thank you for letting uh, the folks who are listening and watching um, the that there are places where things actually work better and the people know what they're doing as opposed to us who don't have a clue anymore. Not even a clue. Really? That was, that was a splendid little, well, I'm you know, it's just splendid. Thanks, David. Enjoy, enjoy your time and enjoy your new Kiwi and the Kiwi fruit itself. Not one of my favorites, but if, <laughs> and, uh, do they come from there? well, Maybe I'll check that out sometime. You know, I'll Google it. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. Ian Burroughs has sent along this rant. I work for a major airline headquartered in DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth. The biggest headache of working for an airline is watching the traveling public. You have seat assignments for a reason. There's no reason to crowd the gate. And get in people's way in the hallway in the airport so your fat ass can get to your middle seat in the back of the plane before everyone else. These people are also the same people that think we have a 7-Eleven in the back of the airplane, walk into the lavatory barefoot, that's not water on the floor, and then also stand up as soon as the plane lands, as if their $32 seat in the last row entitles them to get off before the other 171 people on the airplane. And don't even get me started on the blowholes that clap when the plane lands. Also, if you're traveling with a toddler, fuck you too. It was my pleasure to read that, Ian. Thanks. A Rant on Growing Old by Dan Scribner. Today was my birthday. Woke up and there was no chalk line around my body, so it looks like I made it to 71. This getting old shit is for the birds and if somebody tells me it's better than the alternatives to help me i will slap the shit out of them here's what it's like getting old going to a museum to see the fine art smear a thin coat of vaseline on your glasses first rubber cement some cotton balls in your ears before you go to the symphony if you're climbing stairs strap on a pair of roller skates and your grip now, I need a fucking Stilson wrench to get the lid off of the mayonnaise jar. Sex? <laughs> get a blowjob while wearing a full-body Tyvek hazmat suit and see how you like it. Go to the doctor for a checkup, and he asks, Are you afraid of falling? No! I'm afraid of fucking spiders, not falling. And let's not forget One of the worst aspects, and that is going to the mailbox and it being full of a bunch of crap from the AARP who evidently thinks I will die any day now. And if some entitled fucking millennial says, okay, boomer to me, he is going to need to spend the rest of the day digging my orthopedic shoe out of his ass. Listen, you whiny assholes. Know why my generation invented all this stuff? We wanted to live long enough To hear you bitch about us. Enjoy the heat, assholes. Fuck birthdays. And fuck getting old. (laughs) Ah, the sweet sound of Dan Scribner. Thank you. We have Diana Nelson to thank for this rant. Hello, universe. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm sorry about that. I just had to let off some of the overflow of psychic pressure. Well, you see, recently while strolling through YouTube, I found videos regarding how to snag a good man, a godly man, being recently widowed after two good and 14 miserable fucking years of marriage. I decided to check out the latest poop on the dating mating scene. Deja fucking view all over again. Fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. This Nimrod was just vomiting out the same old shit that led me to an entire adulthood of soul-sucking torture. Always be pretty and positive and concerned about him and attentive and puke, 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 and put out every time he wants it. Otherwise, he might stray. Some men, and shudders, women, actually, think this leads to bliss. I'm here to tell you, fuck that moronic shit. Fucking been there, fucking done that, and didn't even get a fucking t-shirt for my troubles. If you expect me to snap to and try to toe that line again, you're out of your ever-loving motherfucking cocksucking mind. Yeah, if I feel the need to become suicidal, I might. As I see it, I'm finally free to do what I want when I want to, and I don't want to have to run it by another fucking soul <laughs> Now that's fucking bliss It is amazing how this stuff gets <laughs> it gets they keep sending the same message out over and over again. they try to send the same the lessons never learned it's like let's do it again let's try it again this time it'll work uh, no I'm glad you uh it's good you pointed it out, Diana. I, well, I certainly didn't think you could still find people fucking towing the party line. Boy, whew, no wonder <laughs> you needed to catch some psychic pressure off. And that's what happens when you scroll through YouTube. You can fall down a rabbit hole and get bit. From one of our Canadian cousins, Elliot Blancher, Elliot from Ontario. Hello, Lewis. The provincial elections just happened recently here in Ontario, and the results made me very pissed. I must deal with that fat fucker, son of a bitch, lying piece of shithead Doug Ford of the so-called Conservative Party for four more years. Oh, he is a complete abomination of the whole province. All he does is lie to the whole province. He wants to build Highway 413 in Toronto. Where the fuck is he going to build it? And how the fuck is he going to get the money for that, huh? It's called the Conservative Party for a reason. The word conserve means to fucking save things, not destroy wildlife-protected areas just to build another fucking highway. Because of him, my family will now have to pay higher taxes that will go toward his piece-of-shit highway. If I survive this ordeal, I will take a bucket of asphalt and start shoving it up his ass until he can't see it. And if I die then at least I won't have to live in a world full of lying assholes like Doug Ford. See you on the other side, Lou. <laughs> Not as long as you keep getting it off your chest, Elliot. Nope, thank you. See, even shit hits the fan up in uh, Canada. Because mm-hmm. they watch us and they think, Ooh, I'm going to elect an asshole too. It is produced by James Salkine, our theme song by Chris Lane, executive producer Ben Brewer, executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button podcast. And most of all, thank you, all of you who ranted so well on this show.